This was most of my adult life. I spent 10 years working on the same title and I loved New Zealand Women's Weekly. It felt like I just had got that role at Bauer. I'd only been there seven months, but the two magazines I was really focused on was Metro and Listener. Um, and I naively thought, they're never going to let the Women's Weekly go under. There's just no way. It's Taonga, you know, it's, it's a magazine that has such a place in New Zealand's fabric. The only time that we never printed a magazine weekly um, until COVID-19 was during World War II. Um, where we did it fortnightly um, because of rations. So I thought, well, if we can do it during a war, surely there's a way we can do it during bloody COVID. I'm Wilhelmina Shrimpton, and from News Hub, this is The Pivot, a series of stories about sudden change and new beginnings, all in the time of COVID. COVID-19 hit the media industry hard. As businesses closed or scaled back their operations, advertising revenue began to dry up. The future of newsrooms and magazines hung in the balance, and more so than ever before. The irony was, however, that during lockdown, there were more eyeballs and ears on TV, radio and print, as concerned Kiwis were glued to the daily updates or just wanted to consume content to pass the long hours of lockdown. But just a week into New Zealand's Alert Level 4, on April 2nd, 2020, magazine publisher Bauer abruptly closed its doors. While the word iconic can often be overused today, there seemed to be resounding agreement that New Zealand has lost some of its most iconic magazine titles. The publisher of The Listener, Women's Day, Women's Weekly, Next and North and South has folded effective immediately. Around 300 jobs gone in the blink of an eye, alongside titles like The Listener, New Zealand Women's Weekly, Metro and Women's Day. Some of those titles have since been reborn, while some former employees have instead pivoted into other things, like Kelly Bertrand and Mike Sanders. Kelly worked at New Zealand Women's Weekly for her entire career and worked her way up to deputy editor. Well, Mike Sanders, who, for full disclosure, is also my lovely husband, was just seven months into a job as media sales manager when Bauer closed. Kelly has since launched her own content-based website called Capsule, and Mike has moved into commercial real estate. Let's hop into a time machine, travel back a year, um, well, nearly a year, to that fateful day when you found out that Bauer was closing. Ah, uh, yes, the Zoom of doom. The night before was our deadline night and we'd done our first ever issue completely from home. It was ready to print, so we thought maybe the, the call the next day would be talking about how, okay, how is this going to work when New Zealand's in level four? Like, what are we going to do? What's going to be the process? Um, we got a message at, I think it was about 8.30 in the morning, um, requiring all staff to be on a Zoom call. It's 300 people on one Zoom, so you can imagine the chaos as everyone tried to connect to that. We had the meeting the week before with the CEO in Germany and they were saying how strong the position was with Bauer and how everything was going well. And I was actually thinking this COVID thing would be great because everyone would be in lockdown and they'd be basically forced to kind of, you know, sit and read magazines and it'd be the only advertising space. As I was waiting, I saw that there was an exec from Germany on the uh, other end, we were German owned and I knew then, yeah, we're pretty sure we're done for. From the 8.30 warning to, I think it was about 
all our jobs were gone. It's not just our magazine racks that will never be the same. The cultural fabric of New Zealand has been shattered. I remember that morning quite vividly because I was in the other room and I kind of heard a yell from Mike who was on the Zoom of Doom in the morning. I felt really out of the blue. I didn't see that coming at all. Um, so I was, I was very shocked. It felt like I just had got that role about. I'd only been there seven months, but it felt still very fresh. Um, coming really strong. It kind of just felt like, yes, I've finally got into the role I'm really good at doing, what I'm perfect at doing. It was frustrating, to say the least, to, to kind of just have that in your grasp finally and then just disappear. Journalists in New Zealand, we certainly don't do it for the money, we do it for the love of what we do. Um, I was gutted, I was devastated, and it did feel a little bit like grief. Um, I was on the phone to my mum and dad because, you know, that's the first people you call when something like, that, something like this happens. Um, and by the time that I had uh, got off the phone, the news had already broken um, in various media outlets. There's a gaping hole in the magazine racks where some Kiwi favourites once sat. The covers tell New Zealand's story, periods of... And like you say, it's been such a public redundancy process and a public shutdown and you're getting texts from everybody going, oh my gosh, I hope everything's okay. How did you find that? Yeah, that was interesting. It was very good on one hand because you didn't have to go around and tell everybody that you don't have a job anymore. So it was quite surreal. Um, and then of course the, the deluge of messaging, it was lovely and it was so nice. People I haven't heard from in years, you know, wishing that I was okay. But yeah, it was a very odd, um, situation to find myself in. Was there a freak out moment for either of you when you were maybe a couple of weeks in and you're going what the hell am I going to do? I think my, my first kind of moment of real panic it all kind of culminated one day at the supermarket which is a horrific place to have a meltdown. Um, and in lockdown. <laughs> and in level four you've got a, it was just it was a mess but I realised that I didn't have the last issue of the weekly because we normally you know, get them through work, so I realised I have to go and buy one. And I knew that was going to be a sucky process to go and do, but I went to the magazine aisle, I bought it, and I was like, just get out, get out to the car, don't cry, just get out to the car, it'll be fine. <laughs> and I got up to the counter and I handed it over and I just started bawling, and this poor alarmed woman um, on the other side, she was like, sweetie, are you okay, are you okay? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. And then I tried to explain, I lost my job, I used to work at the weekly and I'm just bawling my eyes out and she just stopped and looked at me and she said oh I'm so sorry would you like a job application and it was oh. so oh. <laughs> um, and it was it was a very pure moment but you know I think it kind of rammed home that yeah I don't actually work here anymore this is not mine anymore yeah their history They're, they are our culture they are who we are it leaves this massive cultural gap. Uh, I don't know how you fill it. <laughs> yeah, they are, they are the, they're part of the heart of New Zealand. Three former editors of three iconic publications. Metro first published 1981, The Listener 1939. The Women's Weekly, the oldest of all, started in 32. Was there ever a point where you had felt that you'd failed in a sense, even though it wasn't your fault? Yeah, especially for the weekly readers because they, a lot of them are elderly 
and I knew that a lot of them didn't have internet. I know that because of the dozens of letters we'd get a week on beautiful stationery and writing that was really hard to read. Um, they, a lot of them were cut off and a lot of them lived alone and I felt really guilty that the magazine fell down on our watch where it never had before, even though there was nothing I could do about it. That was kind of their connection to the outside world and a connection that had, I mean, gosh, the magazine's 89 years old now. So, you know, it's a connection they've had for their entire lives. Talk to me about the job application process, because Kelly, you've obviously decided to continue your passion and start your own website. I've never really had a formal job interview before, um, as a lot of people in media haven't. Same. <laughs> um, so I wasn't really sure what that was like. So the, the, the prospect of having to go and look for a job was actually um, quite daunting. No media company was stable. I was thinking, what do I do? Do I do real estate? Do I do, <laughs> you know, what, what else could I possibly do? Especially because if you're like me, your only previous experience is trying to get a job at Glassons when you're 17. So, you know, that wasn't going to be very helpful. Um, you know, I knew that I wasn't quite ready to let what I love to do go. Mike, I know having watched this process firsthand at home and talking to you about the process that you've gone through with job applications, how did you find that and how did you grapple with that in level four? Because level four, it's like everyone shuts down and you're needing to find a job, but people are winding down operations. Um, so it wasn't just going, okay, I need to find another role at another company. It's like, okay, this whole industry has been completely wrecked. First off, I just went on and applied for lots. Probably like 50 plus jobs I put my CV into. A lot of those didn't even reply. They just took the job listing down. I had maybe eight friends in different industries who told me that, oh, I would really like to have you. Um, let's do an interview. I'll get you in to see the, the CEO next week. And then of course the week would come and then they'll be like, oh, actually we're gonna do a strategy meeting. We'll, we'll push it to next week. Oh, actually, now the CEO's gone away to do this. Now we're three months down the track, and we still even had that initial meeting. I've never had to deal with that before. It's like having a bad relationship. <laughs> Are we together? Are we not? Yeah. Who knows? How did this affect you mentally, being knocked back so many times? Pretty much everyone else I knew managed to keep their job or even do really well. Mates were doing car sales, were going out the door. Um, you're just basically running on savings and fumes. Uh, so you're trying to save on everything, two-minute noodles for dinner, and you've just got no idea as to when that is going to end. But it was more the online presence, the online talking to everyone and, and people saying you know, how busy and how well they're doing. That was probably the more difficult thing out of everything. Everyone seemed to be doing really successfully, and I was going, why, why am I not? But that was made even harder during the Level 4 lockdown. Not only were Kiwis physically isolated, but also emotionally. And many struggled to grieve their redundancy without a support network. I went through a period of uh, asking what I was if I didn't have my job. And, you know, it was a huge confidence knock and losing your job sucks. But losing your job in a pandemic, when you're in Level 4 lockdown, you can't, you know, what you're supposed to do and go and see your mates and and you know hug it out and go and get a beer like that's what you're supposed to do when these things happen and we couldn't do that you know people like me I live by myself you know there was no one to turn around and hug. Mike was there a moment like that for you? 
I think that was every day. You can easily slope into bad habits because it would have been very easy just to kind of sit on the couch, watch TV and do nothing for, I don't know, three, four months, five months. One of the small things that I thought was super grateful, a lot of the guys would um, say, hey Mike, do you want to come out for just for a beer at the, at the bar? And um, I'd also be like, no, I, can, like, I literally can't afford to do that. And it was a really small gesture, but the guy's like, look, we'll just, we'll, we'll pay for your drinks. Um, we'll split it between us. Um, just come out, like get out of the house. Like come see us and come talk. Especially for guys, like we don't like to talk. We like to internalize it or just forget about it. Um, so being able to actually get out and, and talk to people and do that. And I think even people who didn't lose their jobs would have realized the 2020 actually put a lot of stress on you that even, you didn't even realise. But what 2020 did give us was time. Time to slow down, time to rethink. And for those who suddenly found themselves jobless, time for some soul-searching. That's exactly what Kelly did when she decided that after losing the pages of the Women's Weekly, she stood to gain the web pages of a new lifestyle website called Capsule. You've started your own passion project but how do you start a new business in a lockdown when you can't really talk to anyone in person it's absolutely terrifying because the the things that you don't know are just so vast so I really had to start from the beginning of literally googling how to make a website but then there are things like accounting there's finance there's tech there's all of these other things that I've never had to deal with before the idea that I had um, for starting a website, I actually had a few years prior. I worked at New Zealand Women's Weekly for 10 years, so you know I was writing for women who were older than me my, my, my whole adult life. So I, I knew that there was a huge gap in the um, demographics of, of who we were targeting, and they just weren't being catered to. So I had a yarn to a few of my former colleagues who were in the exact same boat, and um, Capture was born. I'm Nikki, Kelly, Emma, and I'm Alice. We're the editors of Capsule. And our plan was really to do this as a side hustle for a year or so, maybe, you know, get some boring jobs in the meantime. Um, but then when we pushed go on the launch, I think it was on May the 7th, so just over a month after uh, we lost our jobs, the response that night was incredible, absolutely incredible. And we were all, you know, in our houses because we were still on level four at that time um, with our little glasses of champagne each on a Zoom call, looking at this, thinking, oh my God, we've got something here. This is insane. And it's been all go uh, ever since. On the other side, Mike, things have not been as easy for you. You've found this new opportunity, but like you mentioned before, the market's been tough. And I did know it was going to be tough going in. Um, I've spent years in an industry that's no, I can't get into. I'm now having to start again at the age of 32 in another whole industry, relearn, had to, to go study online, do another course. Mentally that was quite frustrating going, am I now going to have to go back to being someone's assistant? Like, did I just waste that many years? <laughs> was there any point to that? Mike didn't end up as someone's assistant. He became his own, securing a job as a commercial real estate agent. But after lockdown, a lot of small businesses were spooked and things took a while to get going. To add even more pressure, his role has no salary and only commission. One of my friends, uh, Laura, reached out and uh, she has a really 
amazing boutique agency and she just said look we're looking for agents um, I knew commercial leasing was going to be difficult at the end of lockdown when things were coming out there's a lot of property on the market um, so I was actually able to go out contact a lot of people and build a portfolio uh, at like quite a large portfolio for quite a short amount of time but now January February has just gone absolutely crazy like everyone's back into it the market's picked right up so although it's taken six months from when I first showed them to a property to now, now they're sort of going, all right, let's actually, let's book this and do this. Was there a moment ever at all in that six months where things were really slow and hard? I mean, you kind of had to make this leap of faith, but were you worried? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, like quite often. Should I have just gone into residential? Should I, have, I probably could have gone into mortgage broking, which would have made probably more sense with my background. Um, did I just jump to the first job that kind of came through? But at the same time, you just got to make uh, make it work with what you've got. Nearly a year on, how are you guys feeling now? Have you feel? Do you feel like you've healed a bit now? I feel like it was the best thing that could have ever happened um, for me. As much as I loved my job, I had been in working for the same title for 10 years, it was time for a change. It also gave us an opportunity to stop and think and ask ourselves what we wanted as, as, as people, you know, who do we want to work for, who do we want to work with. You don't get that a lot if you're working for a big company. You know, I'm not in an office from nine to five every day. I'm, you know, we all work from home so we can kind of do what we like as long as we get what we need to get done, done. So along with that is more time for friends and family as well that aren't involved in Capsule. So all of it's really been an incredible um, kind of coming together of a lot of things that I wanted that I didn't actually realise that I wanted. You know, I was very career driven, I was really ambitious. Now all I want is enough money to pay my rent and occasionally go and get some great clothes from the mall for, you know, every six months. <laughs> there are obviously so many people going through a really similar journey to you both. Do you have any advice for anyone going through that or what would you have told yourself when you were going through that moment when you found out that you'd lost your job? I think the first thing is that you have to feel it. You know, you can't you can't push it away because there are emotions that you have to process. Um, and the second thing is you are not your job. You've got other things in your life um, that make you uh, fun and interesting and great. And I think I, I needed to be reminded of that quite a few times. Talk to people, make connections. Maybe it won't happen right away, but you know, be open-minded to any opportunities that might be out there. Have a look at things you might not have heard of or seen before and just be willing to give it a go. Online, you can pretty much learn anything these days, um, even learning accounting. It's <laughs> <laughs> not hard or breath for me to be the next um, like maestro accounting. <laughs> I'm Willa Manish from Din and for News Hub, this has been The Pivot. If you have a career pivot story you'd like to share with us, drop us a line at thepivot at newshub.co.nz. If you like the show and want to hear more, subscribe and leave us a review. It really helps. You've been listening to a News Hub podcast. For more, visit newshub.co.nz slash podcasts.